Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. This is the mini episode number five. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, we have some new episodes coming for you, at least one currently recorded. Um, Luckily, we are able to continue to record those safely via Zoom um, with the COVID spikes happening. Um, I'm recording this on December 23rd of 2021. Tried to get a mini out to you uh, before, but was unable to uh, just because, honestly, I did record one, but I was not happy with it. I thought I uh, had very low energy and would not have been fun to listen to, so I decided to do it again for you guys. Uh, also, if you're watching on the video, I have my snazzy new uh, shirt from Target, very, very fancy. Uh, before I jump into what I've been watching, what I've been reading, what I've been playing, and so forth... I'm going to bring up the sponsor for Entertainment Buffet. That is Zenny Optical. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, the video version, I am wearing a pair of uh, one of my new Zenny Optical glasses. Um, I got these for about, I think, with shipping, 50 bucks, maybe 45 uh, very cheap, guys. Uh, the reason why Zenny Optical makes glasses so cheap is because, like, <laughs> uh, the reason why Zenny Optical makes glasses so cheap is because Luxottica is a monopoly that owns way too many brands, way too many stores. Therefore, they upcharge everything and they make us. They convince us all that glasses are just supposed to be expensive when honestly they are not. Um, so yeah, please check out. There's a link in uh, the description below. You can uh, order some Zenny and that will support Entertainment Buffet in the process. We would really appreciate that. Another free way to support Entertainment Buffet is watch our YouTube. We have tons of content on YouTube uh, from the Entertainment Buffet podcast to we have partnered with a number of other podcasts out there just by watching on YouTube, uh, we get some ad money from Google. Uh, Google's got plenty of money to go around, so go ahead, support us that way. It's another free way to do so. Um, we do have some live shows coming, hopefully early 2022. Um, at the moment, we have Bruise and Bad Movies coming on January 20th, February 13th, and March 13th. However, we're going to see what uh, safety and numbers and social distancing protocols like what everything's going to look at like in the new year but uh enough with that let's go ahead and jump into what i've been watching it's been about a month since my last check-in and i've been watching some stuff so first off in movies what have i been watching i've watched uh in early december i watched the family stone it's kind of this like dysfunctional comedy sort of romantic movie with diane keaton um sarah jessica parker luke wilson rachel mcadams just a big ensemble cast claire dames uh among others uh i thought it was actually surprisingly progressive for something in the early 2000s which is surprising (laughs) um especially uh, it wasn't amazing how they handled like the the gay stuff or race related stuff however i think for the time it was handled pretty well um i was just happy that they didn't have all white characters uh all straight characters but they had uh you know some other uh lesser uh represented groups in that uh you know uh big budget hollywood movie uh i thought it was Fun in the sense that I didn't know where things were going and some of the lines here and there. Um, but I also understand why it's kind of one of those movies that have just kind of faded into 
you know, the distance that is uh, time and movies, especially Christmas movies. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, another dysfunctional family movie I've watched. I've been doing a lot of research because I'm working on co-writing a dysfunctional family sort of <laughs> Christmas movie uh, script. Um, I watched This Is Where I Leave You with Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, um, and Adam Driver, uh, among others. This one I had a lot more fun with because I feel like I saw either most of it or some of it years ago. And I remember it being not necessarily a downer, but I just, I don't know. It, it, I wasn't quite loving what I was seeing. But this time around, I don't know what it is, but I was having a lot more fun. Um, yeah, it, it's a movie where the family loses the father and they have to sit Shiva, which um, apparently is a, a Jewish tradition where you have to sit for seven days and you know grieve and so forth and uh obviously there's a lot of tension between the family and thus being stuck uh in the same place for seven days uh interesting premise i had a lot of fun with it the cast i think the cast worked really well especially the characters who were siblings because i think there's a lot of movies where it just feels like oh you just feel like that actor with that actor but like these actors actually i, I don't know uh with the writing and the chemistry they actually felt like siblings so this is where i leave you i do recommend to check out um, a 90s movie that is considered a classic to some that I saw for the first time ever on Netflix was Robin Hood Prince of Thieves that's right Kevin Costner as Robin Hood uh, with Morgan Freeman Christian Slater and the late great amazing Alan Rickman uh, as the villain uh, this movie I'd never seen before, but like now that I've seen it, I totally get why there are so many other jokes in Robin Hood Men of Tights by Mel Brooks. Uh, I had mainly seen that movie and like the Disney animated Fox Robin Hood. Uh, so watching this, it's like, oh, that's where Mel Brooks is pulling so many of these jokes. Um, yeah, it's fine. I think the action is 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 pretty decent, especially for a '90s movie. I just think that the the direction and cinematography, I was. Not not a fan of like they would do these kind of like weird angle close-ups and things would just uh, like people would be very melodramatic to where i'm like what is the tone are we supposed to have a fun action movie or do you want to be like a, a drama that's like oh the king oh there's a conspiracy you know like there's just <laughs> a bit much going on there um it was uh, at least entertaining um, in some parts. Uh, I do think the biggest gripe for me was is way too goddamn long. All right, this movie is like two hours and 25 minutes. Could have easily, easily shaved 15 to 20 minutes uh, just from little, uh, like, honestly, take out an action sequence or two and it wouldn't have been a problem. Like, there was a lot of, it was like every few minutes they were like, action, action, action. Also, there's this random section where they're like, oh, what are we going to do? So-and-so is giving birth and uh, Morgan Freeman has to step in, but he's, uh, he's a, a savage. What is he going to do? Like, it just, they were trying to juggle way too many things. And, yeah, uh, I just think you could have easily uh, shoved away 25 minutes and you would not have missed anything as far as the actual plot goes um, but i don't know some of you probably grew up watching robin hood prince of thieves or maybe uh love it uh tell me what you think because this is someone who i grew up in the 90s never saw this movie now i'm seeing it at almost age 30 so maybe i'm just i don't know seeing it through a 2021 lens instead of you know 
the nineties when it came out. Um, uh, a few other movies that I watched that I'm going to go more in depth on a future episode of the podcast. I am going on a journey for the fast and the furious franchise. I acquired uh, a nine pack DVD combo of the franchise, which I will just say I did not purchase. I acquired, as as I'll put it. Um, it just is a franchise that I only ever saw the first one. And just to give you a little glimpse on how long it's been since I saw the first one, the first one I rented at Blockbuster <laughs> in 2001. So that is just a little indication on how long ago it was since i saw the first one and i never saw any of the other two through nine um but i wanted to go on this journey with some friends because frankly they all look like bad movies i obviously run a show called bruising bad movies i i I love you know bad action movies so i'm going on a journey watching them in order and i know that there's apparently wonky timeline things they like maneuvered things around just to keep a character alive but then fake out and then bring him back again i don't know i know a lot about this franchise for someone who's only seen uh some of the movies but i now at this point have seen the fast and the furious too fast too furious and the fast and the furious tokyo drift um i think quality is pretty much in the order i just said them the first one uh is not great not good in my eyes it is a early 2000s movie with a lot of like, oh, I'm a man and oh, you got this cool car. Oh, oh. Like it just, I don't know, toxic masculinity running wild in this movie to me. And I just think that uh, <laughs> me and my friends kept saying, how much more fun would it have been if Vin Diesel and Paul Walker's characters like were, were the love interests? <laughs> how much better would it have been if the, if the twist at the end is that they fuck? Um <laughs> I'm just saying something different uh, besides everyone being all macho and talking about their big, cool cars, which I'm sorry, guys. If you have a car that's like fucking like lime green with like orange uh, flames and like an engine that's sticking out the front of the car, like you're going to get pulled over on the daily. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's one thing to like, oh, we're going to go race at like two in the morning at whatever. But like, you're going to get pulled over all the time. That's neither here or there. Too Fast and Furious was pretty awful. Um, Only thing about that was like, hey, they brought in Tyrese Gibson. Tokyo Drift was, there was a lot of drift. If you ever thought that the movie was not going to have enough drift, then you are wrong because there is so much goddamn drift. (laughs) I'll talk more about these movies later, though, um, when I watch four through nine. Um, What else did I watch? I rewatched on Disney Plus Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, And yeah, still fun. I still think that it gets really bonkers later on. And like, sure, I'm glad that they tried to go weird with it, but it also... Watching it with my partner, who she did not see it in theaters, there was even a part where she paused it and she's like, wait, what is going on? So they went after the pendants for this, and then what is this? Why is this? You know, and I was just like, yeah, you know, now that I'm looking at it again, there's a lot of things going on here that it uh, seems more complicated than it needs to be. I just want more action sequences like the train thing. I I don't necessarily need... Uh, you know, uh, fucking dragons and whatnot. But uh, um, another more indie style movie I saw was ACOD, Adult Children of Divorce. Surprisingly star-studded cast. Like this had um, 
uh, Jane Lynch. It had uh, good old Catherine O'Hara. Uh, it had Amy Poehler for a bit. It had uh, uh, Adam Scott. Do- so with Adam Scott uh, from Parks and Rec and a party down um, fame, uh, it was a movie that like I'm surprised more people weren't talking about. Like I'm not saying it it deserved to be up for awards or you know it's one of the next best comedy, but it it, it did actually feel like something that I think a lot of people could take something from. Uh, as someone who is divorced myself. Um, I personally have, uh, parents who have been together for almost 40 years. I have some friends who they have parents who are on multiple divorces. So it's, it's, it's an interesting topic. I think it's done in a fun way with actors that are, you know, some of the comedy greats working right now. Uh, so ACOD, I think it's worth checking out. I believe it's on prime for free potentially. Um, speaking of something else as also on Prime for free is Being the Ricardos, written and directed by one of my favorite writers out there, Aaron Sorkin. Um, if you're wondering what he did, he's famous for The West Wing. Uh, he's also nominated for things such as The Social Network. I think he made one of the best films of all time, A Few Good Men. Uh, he also wrote Moneyball, the Steve Jobs movie, the one with Michael Fassbender, not the one with Ashton Kutcher. Uh, he wrote uh, Molly's Game. He uh, wrote and directed that one. Uh, he also wrote and directed the Netflix movie The Trial of Chicago 7, one of my favorite uh, this last year. Uh, check that out on Netflix. Um, yeah, so it is one of his, I think, only third movie directing. And Being the Ricardos is about uh, Desi, and, uh, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. Um, and... I think this movie is going to bug a lot of people because there, there's the, when you think of a, a a biopic, you think it's going to be like a straight like oh this is true it's a retelling it's so and so doing a great impression and they look like the person, but like that's not what Aaron Sorkin does with biopics. Like please see Steve Jobs with Michael Fassbender, see Moneyball, see Social Network if you haven't. Uh, those, uh, the way he usually talks about it is I like to use real people. I read books about them, you know, and, and he does a lot of research and he finds out about them and then he just uses them in sort of fictional, uh, adaptations of real things. Um, but I know a huge controversy with this movie is people were not happy with the casting choice of Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball. I understand she doesn't look like it, but like also we're not seeing Lucy from I Love Lucy. Like we see little clips of it, but this is really about the behind the scenes. This takes place during a production week, also with a lot of flashbacks, flash forwards. Um, This is all the behind the scenes stuff, much like West Wing was or Sports Night or newsroom, all of his TV shows he loves, behind the scenes of the actual thing. Um, I think there's some great performances. I think there's some great lines. I just, unfortunately, when it comes to Sorkin's work, this has got to be one of his least good movies. And I'm saying that as someone who is a huge Aaron Sorkin fan, who has seen pretty much everything he's written and or directed. 
it's just you look at trial of chicago 7 and it's like oh yeah he is great with a courtroom drama a few good men one of the best courtroom movies if not movies of all time trial of chicago 7 had a lot of snappy dialogue great characters great interactions this one i didn't know what it was going for like it was a drama but it's so weird because Sorkin, sort of like Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, his his one TV show that only lasted a season, being in the Ricardos is a drama with people who were known for comedy. So it's this weird thing that like if this was just something that was about two actors who were together also show running a show and like this is behind the scenes, that's one thing. But because we're... We, I love Lucy. Like we all grew up watching that. I grew up watching that, uh, even though it was decades old. Like I loved watching it in syndication with my family. So, uh, and like I used to say, coming home is Lucy. I'm home. You know, like <laughs> even though I wasn't really saying it to anyone, it's just uh, how I used to enter the room uh, when I returned from grade school. And I just think that when you take such an iconic person and TV character and try to do a dramatic adaptation of it, it feels off. Um, so Being the Ricardos, I think, is a good movie. I just don't think it's a great movie. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. I just think it's it's very middle of the road. I enjoyed watching it because uh, there's some great Sorkin dialogue, some great performances. Um, I'm really interested to see what Sorkin does next. I hope if he does something like this again, he understands that if you're going to do comedy, do comedy. If you're going to do drama, do drama. I'm someone who's a big proponent of doing both. And I'm not saying he can't do both because most of his content, he does both. I'm just saying if you're going to take the subject of someone who is so synonymous with comedy, considered one a, a comedy icon, but you do it dramatically that's where it feels wrong. That's where, like, if you look at that TV movie of the Three Stooges, uh, where Michael Chiklis was curly uh, and so forth, like, that felt weird because we we love the Stooges, have, have just been dying of laughter for them for generations, and then to see such sad, dramatic retellings of it, <laughs> it, it was weird. Uh, and so that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it has to be one or the other. I'm not saying you can't do both because I'm someone who loves to do both. I'm just saying that's like taking an Oscar winning serious thing, you know, and then trying to do a spoof of it. It just it feels weird. Hopefully that makes sense. But being the Ricardos, I do think is worth seeing. What have I been watching in the TV world? We finished our uh, rewatch of Game of Thrones. That's one I, I think I got to do an entire podcast about it on my uh just of how i think season seven and eight do have a lot of flaws but there's actually a lot of good in there and i think we only fixate much like with you know people who love to hate on last jedi who i think are incorrect people love to fixate on only the bad and they just completely dismiss and forget the good i think in season seven and eight there's actually a lot of good things it was just not executed well because the showrunners i'm sorry i'm not a fan of you guys you had this uh the one of the most watched shows on television which the most beloved franchises you had all the money from hbo in the world yet you guys just wanted to jump ship to do something else i'm sorry like as someone who wants to be a paid writer and wants the opportunity for things that they write to be how they earn a living and then get to be seen by millions of people get over yourselves finish the show go out on a high note and then you'll be beloved and can do whatever you want don't 
shit the bed like you did because now you lost Star Wars. You have a really uh, a, a, a deal that Netflix is really regretting right now. Um, and HBO is not really going to want to work with you anymore. But anyway, um, whole podcast on that later. Um, I also watched the pilot of Money Heist. Um I, I just got to say I am interested as someone who is a huge fan of heists and also interested how they're going to stretch a heist into a series instead of just a singular movie or, you know, movie franchise. Um, yeah, only saw the pilot, but I'm in and I want to uh, watch that. I will warn you guys, like it is something you either need to do English dubs or you need to do subtitles. Either way, it's worth watching. Um, what have I been reading? Well... What have I been reading? Uh, as you guys know, I've been dabbling into a lot of comic books. Uh, if you're watching the video, you can see behind me that uh, series I just finished and going to do a whole podcast on is Saga. Saga is by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Fiona Staples. This is a series that um, has been on hiatus since 2018, apparently. Uh, there's 54 issues that are available, and in January 2022... Issue 55 is coming out, and um, apparently the first 55 issues are the first half of the story. So Brian K. Vaughn thinks that it's going to be 108 issues. Uh, very, very interested to see where this series goes. I have to say, if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, of Game of Thrones, of Star Wars, like anything fantasy sci-fi, I think you'll like Saga. Because Saga um, has action. It has great character moments. Uh, it's a family piece. Uh, and by family, I don't mean family friendly. It is very much something that'd be on HBO, like hard R. Uh, I just mean it, it, it has a lot of family dynamics and family conflict. Uh, I think that it covers so many topics. Like one thing that I personally appreciated is it, it, it feels like they're using aliens to make commentary on, on race and classism. And uh, they even have a character that they dabble with uh, trans. Uh, they represent trans through a character that is not human, but I think a lot of people in the trans community can relate to. And it was something that I was like, wow, this is such a small little section here, but I love how they're handling it because they're doing it one, respectfully, two, they're giving it uh, acknowledgement because it is something that I think a lot of people go through. Um, and three, uh, it just is something that could have easily, easily been um, offensive, and they did not make it offensively. Um, they could have made a joke. I'm glad they did not. Um, just Saga covers so many things, uh, and the twists, oh my God, the gut twists, it, they just laid the literally feel like a, like a, just an uppercut to the stomach, and uh, there's times where I, I was reading and would just say out loud, oh shit, um, as if I was watching a television show. Uh, I really, really hope that they don't adapt this into a TV show or a movie because I want people to read and support comics. Uh, as someone who is currently going to be self-producing some com uh, comics, I, I, I understand. Um, but yeah, I also just want more people to read and check out Saga. I'm going to go very, very in-depth conversation on this with uh, comedian and awesome person Sandy Lee. Um, so be on the lookout for that podcast episode. Uh, she's actually rereading issues 1 through uh, 54, and we're going to be talking about that before the second half. Uh, of this comic starts um, what else have I been reading I tried um, I picked up a couple first 
trade paperbacks of three different series because I wanted to see what what's another series I can jump into. I read Chu, I read Saga, I read Why the Last Man. Um, oh, I did watch or excuse me, I did read The Old Guard Tales Through Time, which is not the third volume of The Old Guard. It is actually sort of a I don't want to say a prequel. But like essentially these are characters that have been living for thousands if not hundreds of years and it's a way for them to have a bunch of one-off stories over time but not have to do with like the main storyline uh that's another one that i read but the the three first uh volumes that i read of series i tried uh the manhattan projects and east of west both by jonathan hickman um those are ones that i did not quite latch on to uh if you want to follow me on twitter at brandon prosec uh, i i do a little post about it i call it a hashtag comics corner um the reason why neither of these stories are really latched on to is because neither of them have a clear protagonist um and they it, they don't really have someone to follow along the story with it's sort of like we're watching this world from an outside and and uh, also there's a lot of villains in both these um which is not a bad thing i totally understand why some people would be into these series especially because jonathan hickman does a really good job of creating uh other worlds uh east of west takes place in like a distant future in which um you know the world was divvied up a totally different way instead of uh Instead of the Civil War ending in the 1860s, it didn't uh, end until 1908 after like a bomb dropped and basically seven parties divided up the country and parts of the world that way. Um, but we follow the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, three of which are over here and then death is over here in his own story. And it just, yeah, I just, I, I, I couldn't latch on to anyone because there was no clear protagonist and i think that's something that i guess i really need in a series um because i i wasn't really hooked as far as the manhattan projects picture this is sort of like in other like, like it takes place in america around world war ii uh but while people are working on the manhattan project like oppenheimer and einstein and so forth uh not just the atomic bomb but it sort of like merges with like fringe and x-files where like there's aliens and different dimensions and yeah it just is a story that i was like wow i think this could be a lot of fun but for me also no clear protagonist and no clear person that I wanted to root for. I was just, there's a lot of evil people, villains, or just asshole characters that I'm like, you know what? I, maybe I'm just in a dark place in my life right now and I just don't want that. But it's like, if I'm going to want that, I want it like, I don't know, outweighed by something. Um, the third book uh, of number one that I checked out was The Lazarus. This is by uh, Greg Rucka, uh, who also wrote The Old Guard, um, which is you know, adapted to the Netflix uh, movie with Charlize Theron. Um, yeah, I, the Lazarus was another kind of other world where it's almost like the Hunger Games meets the Old Guard. Um, yeah, it's it's got a badass female lead, much like the Old Guard. Uh, but I also was struggling because it is, it's dark and it's 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 sorry it's fucked up and um also it feels like it has a very very slow progression 
Like I see where the story could be going, but it's just really trudging along. And like, I just, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do volumes where you have five issues, it's like Chu, I think did a wonderful job uh, in Saga. They had where they would have story arcs within those, you know, five, six issue trade paperbacks, but also the longer story, the Lazarus, it just was like snail's pace and i'm 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 almost done with book two and it, it seems to be continuing that snail's pace i may give it another chance or two in book three or four just because i rented them from the library already but honestly at the moment it's it's not hooking me uh as much as i'd like it to uh, but also i did start with pretty awesome uh, series like choose saga why the last man so i could i i started at the top now I'm working my way down, unfortunately. Uh, but those are some other things that I've read. Um, I've also uh, just been continuing to play Rocket League. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've not jumped into Uncharted 4 yet. That is something I'm hoping to do soon. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, that is what I've been watching. That is what I've been playing. That is what I've been reading. Um, what have you guys been uh, jumping into? You know, some of us may be going in quarantine for the next two weeks, so I'd love to hear what you're reading, watching, or playing, um, especially if it's in the comic book realm, because I feel like, guys, there are so many graphic novels, comic series out there that have nothing to do with superheroes. So it, they have all kinds of genres. So if you think it's like, oh, I don't want to read Marvel DC, that's fine. A lot of what I'm reading now are Image, Dark Horse, like indie comics that aren't the typical like don't get me wrong i have some spider-man stories i have some batman stories i have some x-men like i i love marvel dc big fan uh but also there's just a whole realm it's like if you're only watching one genre of movies or tv like there's so many genres i get it if you're say a horror fan but there's also action there's romance there's comedy like there's so many other things so that's what i'm always trying to say with the comic book things is uh, i have plenty of recommendations for you um whether you want to read those type of superhero stories or you don't um there's probably a, a story out there for you you may just not have heard of it um Please stay tuned uh, on Entertainment Buffet because we have plenty of announcements coming. We found a new artist for Gold Slingers. Unfortunately, we had something uh, fall through with our other artists. Uh, but now uh, I'm really excited. She's uh, We could have the first issue of Gold Slingers out to you potentially March of 2022. We'll see uh, with deadlines and so forth and getting things ready to print and sell. But also... Uh, continuing trudging along with things for the trippy time traveling tale of tripping which actually you can see in play form here on the entertainment buffet youtube channel if you're uh listening or if you wanted to hop over there to watch there um but yeah that is a sort of like my version of like a like a rick and morty style meets my dinner with andre <laughs> i guess i'll say um but yeah uh it's that's a gonna be a one-off comic book that uh, is being worked on by another artist uh one of these artists is in brazil and the other one's in italy so we got some international artists out there uh working on these i'm really excited for you guys to see um but yeah this has been a mini um one of our next episodes to drop i sit down with uh kashan bachelador and nina kern from white collars red hands podcast which you can find on the entertainment with a youtube channel um yeah guys uh, we talk all about white collar crime and uh what it was like for them now doing a year into the podcasting world um yeah 
this has been mini number five. Uh, maybe not as many as I'd like to say, but, uh, I am going to do a separate podcast specifically for Spider-Man No Way Home because there's just so much to say with that movie, guys. Uh, but yeah, I've been Brandon Prozac. Thank you guys so much for listening.